Hello and welcome to the DC Daily Drop. I'm Tom. I'm Zach. And I'm Travis. We're going to be talking about this week in DC TV. And starting up, we'll jump into Legends and we'll get into spoilers. This one is titled Guest Starring John Noble, which finally introduced John Noble, who is the voice of Mollus, but in a different way than I think most of us would have expected. What do you think about this one, Travis? I enjoyed this episode as the last couple with Legends. They're, it's just typical Legends episode. You'd think that Obama would be like the whole entire focus of the episode, but no, he's just 10 minutes, 15 minutes of the episode. And then they go off to his malice. And I just thought it was so cool seeing the reveal at the end that's been built up since the first of this season. And we got a little mini reveal when they Grad almost got jobbed on with Obama. You've seen the shadow, so you got the sheer depth of it. I thought it was really good CGI of Miles, and I thought it was perfect. Yeah, this was a this is a pretty good episode of Legends. There's definitely some, as is the case with a lot of these episodes, just some some rough parts towards the beginning. You're just a little bit of like, oh man, like eye roll, cringy kind of dialogue stuff. But that's to be expected with Legends. Um, yeah, I'm actually I'm glad that they didn't spend the whole time with Obama because I feel like. They should have like a rule that the people have to be, you can't be like that close. Like they can't still be big prominent people in culture to have them on the show because it just feels like stranger. It's not the same as like going back and I don't know, seeing Einstein or somebody in the the 1600s or something like that, but whatever. That being said, the Moss reveal was okay. The CGI looks good for Legends, but it's, I don't know, he just kind of looks like a a basic kind of generic looking demon. I, I'm interested to see going forward. We actually get to see him like in action and in doing stuff. And then yeah, the the whole John Noble part, it was fun. I, I liked that. It was cool that they got him for the whole bit that they did and like just I don't know, it was pretty funny. I like that. Yeah, the the beginning there for me was a little bit rough too, some of the dialogue. I don't think it was the the most well written the show has been and and some of the lines weren't even delivered well. Obviously, lots of political stuff and, and things like that, references. Um, but then even things like Ray saying, run, Barry, run, his, his yeah. delivery was not the best. But, you know, some of that some of that stuff works sometimes. Sometimes it doesn't. It's up to you. Um, Mollus, yeah, fine. It, it was kind of kind of predictable that um, Dark, they were working, working with Dark, and then, of course, Mollus gets released and stuff like that. But I, I liked most of what was going on there. But the... The big thing for me was everything that's going on with 1992 Zambezi. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel about all that and and everything that's going on there. Uh, what do you think about that part, Travis? I felt like Wally did, to be honest with you. I couldn't believe that Nate was going along with it. And then, well, like we were speculating at last episode, I thought that this is what would indeed free Miles. And I don't think it was a smart plan. And we're going to get to see that later on, but. The one thing I really thought was weird was uh, Zari did the program that she ran, and there was no way that this event couldn't happen. It affected too many things going forward. Now, with them allowing, with them stopping this event from happening, I just wonder what's going to happen with the rest of the Arrowverse going forward, because apparently this was a big point in the world. Yeah, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't really know what their plan is with going back to 1992 Zambezi and changing everything up like this. I don't. I don't know, but I don't know. I don't tend to worry that much about stuff, especially on Legends, like when they're changing stuff because it's just so crazy and they can change it back, whatever. Um, Yeah, I don't know. 
it was okay, but it was it was a bit confusing. I thought the whole part with Wally and Nate sort of exemplifies the difference between the Flash and Legends when it comes to time travel. In the yeah. Flash, if you if you go back in time in ten minutes and set your DVR to the show that you missed the beginning of, a country would explode. <laughs> in Legends of Tomorrow, you can go back and and teach George Washington how to run the country or anything like that. And it all, it all kind of works out. Uh, so I, I do kind of think that was a, a neat thing, but coming, since we've seen the, the, the bad stuff that comes from time travel, it's tough not to side with Wally and being like, seriously, am I the only one who's right. kind of, we're changing a major event from 25 years ago and which could have massive repercussions that we don't even know about. And we're all just kind of, gonna let it happen because um for whatever reason and so it's it's kind of it's crazy it's a it's a tough situation because you feel bad for everyone in zambezi and what would happen um but it, it does raise interesting questions of and something legends has always worked on when should they help stop injustices that happened in the past and when do they just leave them be because everything could possibly change if if they make a slight alteration. Yeah. Yeah, there was a minor instance of that, I want to say, in the second season when Jax and Amaya released those slaves. And Amaya was like, we can't do this, it'll affect the timeline. And Jax was like, how could this get any worse? And they did it. So there are cases that they have done this in the past. Oh yeah, for sure. They yeah, it's very selective of they I don't think they're super consistent on the show about when they can't what kind of stuff they can change and what sort of stuff they can and can't so i don't know it all kind of just works out in the end because that's how it goes um but yeah so there's what two episodes left is that right just one the finale oh yeah oh yeah just, just one episode left so what do you what do you guys want to see with the showdown with mollus like we've just now had him revealed and he's been played at hinted at the whole season but like what do you actually want to see happen well i want to see the return of jacks first and foremost and constantly, I wanted to see the legends, every person they've encountered this season come back, the ones for the good ones and help them try to shut down Miles. But I also like to see some form of the six totem bearers imprisoning Miles and fixing the timeline again. But I don't know how they're going to clue all that up in just one episode. Yeah. I think that's my, my concern is that there's so much to do in the one episode and they've set up a lot of interesting stuff. I almost wish they had two more episodes. Maybe that's why I thought there was two more. To, because I, I would love to see them like all really get kind of in touch with being totem bearers and then right use that power to to actually imprison him and have it work. So maybe they will do that. It'll just be a little more condensed because it's a one episode. Yeah, Legends has proven they can pack a lot into 42 minutes in the past, so I'm not too worried about that. And some of that stuff's just not going to get wrapped up until, you know, some of that stuff's going to move forward into next season. But I'm uh, obviously we got to figure out what's going on with Malice. But I'm more interested in seeing what happens with Nate and Amaya. And because it seems like they were hinted towards with future Amaya not remembering Nate, that maybe, um, maybe this is the end for her with the legends and she's going to get a, a little memory wipe and forget about it. Yeah, but she did. After they stopped Grad, she did remember who uh, Nate was a little quick second. Yeah old Maya, so maybe the timeline has the timeline's already drastically out maybe they won't do that man because obviously it was clear that she did wipe her mind before this happened yeah it's possible and i don't know if it's like a like well, I, was, 
I don't want to re- mention another movie for spoilers, but uh, if it's just a temporary thing, like she kind of remembers because she met him again and now she's going to have flashbacks to that. Or if it was something more concrete that she, because of a memory changing in the past, I don't know. Um, but I guess we will find out next week. Yep. On to Black Lightning. Uh, pretty serious episode here titled Black Jesus, the Book of Crucifixion. What did you think of this one, Travis? I thought the title perfectly described the episode. It was pretty great, especially the first scene we seen uh, Black Lightning and Thunder kicking ass and destroying this place. So I assumed that we were going to get a whole episode like that, but that was the end of seeing Black Lightning, the actual Black Lightning in the costume. And it, this was a episode for me that Henderson truly shined. I was rooting for him the entire time. I loved it. And apologies to him for thinking that he was evil in the first and second episodes. <laughs> yeah, Henderson was definitely the standout in this in this episode. I think that his character got the most advancement that we've seen so far. And I'm just I'm really glad that things are going well for him. And he is like he's second in charge now and he's kind of rooting out the the bad folks in the department. But of course, that means that something terrible is probably going to happen because you can't be too happy on these shows, as Tom likes to say. Um, but yeah, this was a this is a really good episode, pretty heavy stuff, um, you know, dealing with Jefferson having to go to jail and having the drugs planted on him and, and everything. And then I'm glad that they they've kind of resolved the Gamby sort of drama between them, at least for now, you know, because he he helped out with the hologram and everything and helped him get out and didn't give away his secrets under torture and everything. So I'm glad that they didn't stretch that out for too long, but they, they did. I think he had a line about how he's he's not ready to forgive him quite yet. So it's going to be, you know, obviously a process going forward, but I'm glad that they're going to be working together, it looks like, in the future. Yeah, I, again, I agree with you guys that the Jefferson getting framed, going to jail, that was so, you see, he's obviously embarrassed, they got to be embarrassed, the principal getting pulled out, taken to jail for something he didn't do. He was framed for and then the embarrassment of having to strip down and completely and get inspected and everything like that man that was that was tough to watch and you really felt for jefferson pierce and yet you also have to admire his resolve to not just take the easy way out and black lightning his way out of there he he stood strong and went through all that and i agree henderson really got to shine in this episode really cool him kind of stepping up Although now I'm now I'm more worried for him because he's uh, he's starting to ruffle some feathers uh, with some people you don't want to mess with. So um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, and yeah, and Gamby just continues to have amazing technology for a sixty-something-year-old tailor. Uh, he's able to <laughs> yeah. create a hologram out of a van or whatever. Uh, yeah, surprising technology from him. Right. I agree. Uh, a couple of things that I did like note it down too was the whole school standing up for Jefferson was cool. Like the kids were not letting him go. I thought that was just a shining on how good of a principal he was to them. And Anissa has become just as good of a mentor to Jefferson as he has to her in terms of voice and talking to him because she really told him to smart up in terms in terms of Gamby. Yeah, and that's I, I think you bring up a good point about like seeing the the kids at the school and everything I, that's something i was a little concerned about like just at the beginning of the show is that he would 
he would figure out that he wants to be Black Lightning again, and then it would be nothing but that, like just him kind of roaming the streets, picking up bad guys and fighting crime and stuff. But we still get a ton of like family interaction and then also getting to see him at his job being an amazing principal. And I, I think they've done a fantastic job this season of of balancing all those different parts of his life and the different you know aspects of his character. Yeah, and that's something I would even like to see more of, but I'm glad we do at least get to touch in and see see prince how reminded how good of a principal he is how how these kids look up to him and and everything he stands for so that was good moving on to arrow brothers in arms we we get a not so much anticipated battle between diggle and oliver uh how do you think that played out travis i actually enjoyed it to be honest with you tom uh which is even surprised me because i thought that Sure, the stuff at the start in terms of the hood and what being Guerrero was kind of foolish. But when they got through that and cut to the core, it's Diggle's questions of Oliver's leadership, which that's the theme of this season for people. Everyone is questioning his leadership. And Diggle has the right to question it, but he doesn't really have the right to be angry because he just stood there and just went with those decisions when if he thought there was a better way, he should have stepped up. But I like the show that I know six seasons of tension and mistakes and our choices come to a head. But even after all that and that big showdown and they, you realize that they're not going to work together for a little while after that, they still go into that building and work, work together unlike any two people in the airverse can and come out and got the job done. So I, I enjoyed this episode to be honest with you. Yeah, this is something I didn't really, I wasn't really looking forward to this premise, but it was executed better than i thought it would and and that scene was finally glad we got lila back and giggle sort of revealed it's not just about wearing the hood and everything um he wants it back because really he thinks he should be the leader and it's tough to argue with him with oliver being split between being the mayor and everything like that it's totally understandable and reasonable to question his leadership methods uh there's a big team of heroes at the start of the year and that's really dwindled down and that is obviously Oliver's fault partially. Um, and I thought it was reasonable for Diggle to punch Oliver in the face after he brought up his brother and everything that happened with that. Uh, so some, some of it worked better than others, but overall I, I did enjoy the argument and that they, they, I thought they were going to work it out. Uh, at the end, I kind of would have liked to see maybe Oliver step up and say, okay, I'll, I'll still wear this hood, but while I'm being mayor and I have all these responsibilities, you call the shots, Diggle, and you lead everything, but I will be there when I'll still be there in battle. Uh, I, I just won't be the leader. I think that's what Oliver should have done at that time, but he did not. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know how I feel. I, I'm, I'm still at the end. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what Diggle's plans are, where he's going to go. It's clear that the writers wanted to separate Oliver from everyone. And have him isolated on his own. And yeah, I'm not sure where that's going to go as we, as Diaz starts to take over more and more of the city. I can venture a guess at the start, and I'm going to assume that Oliver uh, really pushes Felicity and William away. Because like, that's Oliver's go-to move, especially after his best friend that for five, six years just bolted. And he's on his own against Diaz. Uh, I can see that. I also enjoyed the tension between Oliver and Donna, even though they worked together and it worked out. You could see the tension was still there, but they're men the fences a little bit. And I also thought that Black Siren will be the 
to Dan Valdez. That's my prediction right now. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what's going on. I, obviously, there's some sort of twist still coming. I think with Laurel that we see that she's still with Diaz, and I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure what that twist will be exactly. I think they they're wanting to. I think part of her wants to be a good person. I don't know what percentage. I think that will probably win out, but they're they're definitely still showing her doing questionable things. Yeah, I'm afraid that with Diaz talking this episode about him wanting to please and and his father until he died. I didn't like I didn't like that being dropped into oh, a yeah. conversation. That that doesn't make me feel good for Quentin, who I enjoy, but he doesn't really do anything anymore, so I don't think a good death might be might not be too bad. <laughs> Man, the only thing the only way they could have foreshadowed that more is if Diaz looked at the camera at that point. He's like I used to want to want to please my father until he died. And so I thought that was pretty obvious foreshadowing and something they've been doing a while for, for Quentin. It's not looking good for him as we get near uh, closer to the finale. It, it could I could definitely see a scenario where Diaz does something to Quentin and that's what pushes Laurel to um, go against Diaz. Uh, I agree. But one thing I really thought was cool about this episode, after they completed that successful mission, you got to, Alder really got to see the true scope of Diaz's reach as he controlled everyone. And that was dropped within seconds. And that scene with Alder and the police chief and the DA, I thought that was really good. Like there was tension there and I really enjoyed that scene. Yeah, me too. I thought that was pretty good. I wasn't sure where it was going to go and I, I liked what it did. He's got to come out at the end of the season and say he's Green Arrow. Like everybody believes that he's the Green Arrow. <laughs> like the body was like, you are the Green Arrow. And I was like, if I was Green Arrow, you wouldn't want to be here. No, just you're going to have to come out and say that you're a Green Arrow. It's, everybody knows it's, it's season seven coming up. <laughs> yeah, and I, I thought for a while they've sort of dropped that plot point for a while. But I mean, I think he kind of has to. They have to go that way with it now because they've teased it so many times before. But the, the only good thing for him is now he has example of look what happens. Uh, Diaz corrupted the police force, corrupted all levels of government, and wouldn't for me, wouldn't for vigilantes, the city will be ruined. So he will have something to brace himself. But I got a feeling maybe even Argus will be coming for him after this at the end of the season. Yeah, it's possible. So yeah, we're winding down on a lot of these shows with Legends finale coming up, which means the return of Supergirl the week after that. And Flash returns next week. Um, but we did have a third episode of Krypton, the Rankless Initiative. What did you think of that one, Travis? Light as that, light as that, light as that. It actually stood out amazingly. I enjoyed it. And, like, really good her trying to settle everything down compared to the rest of the people doing that mission. And I also thought that they made this episode for Zach because there was a ton of Adam Strange in this. And we got to see the Zeta boot too. There at the end, which is pretty cool. Yeah, this was a this is a pretty good episode of Krypton. Actually, I I think this might be my favorite episode so far. Um, but yeah, Light is Odd definitely is the standout in here, and they're doing a a, a really good job of you know how the Zod family is going to turn out. You know what their house turns out like, um, and so I think they're doing a really good job of like just introducing these subtle differences between her and Seg about how they handle things and how they their kind of outlook on the world and um so i'm 
I'm glad that we're we're still seeing her trying to fight for what's right, but you can already see some of the influences of like that Zod house about how she does it. Um, and I'm interested to see that going forward. Um, and we also got a lot of movement on the Brainiac story, which is, I know this, he's the big bad for this first season, but I'm surprised that we, we got this much in this episode, you know, with the scout and everything and infecting Rome and we actually get to see him at the end and everything. So yeah, it was a, a pretty good episode. Yeah. I'm not so quick to judge later in the Zod family because of we know what one of their descendants becomes that doesn't necessarily yeah. mean that Leda <laughs> is going to be um asking people to kneel before her but I, yeah she's a great character and i like what we've seen so far and it's such a tense situation there's not again this is definitely not a superhero show this is um if you want people flying around and in, in all sorts of spectacular superhero action you're not going to get that but there is really tense real situations that are um applicable to the real world and just done in a science fiction way and i like doing that seeing what was going on with the rankless people and what happened there uh yeah and i do like the what's going on with brainiac obviously they're not showing him a lot and it's kind of like we've seen in a lot of shows where they just have that teaser at the end where we see the character but i do like that obviously they want to save brainiac because it's probably expensive to give him a lot of screen time but i do like they're still raising that brainiac threat where we see the the tendrils and see brainiac trying to acquire knowledge even if we don't see him in the flesh we can see pieces of what his plan are and how that how that's working and moving forward it's, it's just excellent backstory that i really enjoyed and i can't wait to see how the other people in krypton will react when they find out that they're not alone and how how line will it take to convince them because we now know that lida know lida knows that there's something coming so I want to see how she reacts and how she tries to convince her mother and the rest of the people. Yeah, they've done a, a good job of, even though this is an alien world, making you feel like you're at home and you're like kind of on Krypton. And you can you can kind of understand that people, the Kryptonians are like, what? There aren't aliens. We're like the only people. What are you talking about? So yeah, it's going to be completely mind-blowing to them when they, they find out about Brainiac. Absolutely. And I do like that we already have there's a lot of gray area and in, in different gray people. Uh, you know, you're not sure if they're good or evil. And I do like that. There's still some that we know that are easy to root for and people to root for and situations to root for. And that's what I'm liking as, as this whole, you know, we, we get to learn more about this entire planet. Yeah. I can't wait. There's just only 10 episodes. So I'm just anxiously awaiting the next one. Yeah. We're already 30% of the way through the season. So uh, it's going to go quick. All right. Well, Travis, where can everybody get a hold of you? You can find me on Twitter at Travis underscore 156. Just drop me a line and we can chat DC anytime. All right. That is all we have for today. Thanks for listening and we'll be back tomorrow.